Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. This episode of Inside the Firm is brought to you by ArcCat. ArcCat.com is the place to go when the time has come for your firm to begin gathering product and material information for its next project. Let's say you're tasked with finding the top window manufacturers and they need to have CAD, BIM, and specifications. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a search engine that showed you who has the data you need? There is, and it's ArcCat.com, the number one most used website for finding building product information. Search for a product or even a CSI section and get a list of manufacturers and the data they offer. Even better, you can download all that technical data for free. That's right. You don't even need to register to use ArcCat. Save your firm time, money, and frustration and go to ArcCat.com to start building better content. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. This episode was also brought to you by Dell. And right now, Dell is having their Black Friday sneak peek week. Be the first to save on business deals up to 50% off and special doorbuster promotions until November 6th. That's right. Shop now while savings last at dell.com forward slash inside the firm or call 1-800-757-8442. That's dell.com forward slash inside the firm. Or call 1-800-757-8442 and tell them you're a listener of Inside the Firm to break out those special deals. Enjoy the show. Hello, best friend. Hope you all had a great week this week. A podcast. There's no, a podcast, yeah. Yeah, a podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Al Gore is not with us today. He is He is flying to cold, cold, cold. Fargo, North Dakota for a wedding. So it is Nick and I today. The best friends, the real best friends. Here we are. The real best friends. I thought yeah. Al told me he was scouting the uh, best friends retreat. Oh, is Fargo. that what he's doing? Yeah, Fargo doesn't sound like a good place to scout. Yeah, yeah but you got those sweatshirts we got you now. So you'll be this, you'll be fine. This is true. We cut <laughs> we we cut we cut the sleeves off. So we can use them in Florida. <laughs> I love it. Redneck stuff. Yes. I love sir. it. Yeah. So how you been, buddy? It's been a while since we talked. I know. It seems like uh, we don't get to talk anymore. We're both so uh, tied up in building things. Yeah. But I'm done building things. For now, so right? For, for the moment, yeah. Yeah. We tell us about the up. So the tell last build, yep. uh, it, it went pretty well. I actually went um, much better than the first as far as profitability goes. Mm-hmm. We uh, we actually made money this time, which is awesome. And uh, I think uh, we used a lot of experience from our first build to make our second one a lot smoother. Uh, we built it in two months less. We came in under budget significantly on this one. And we built in the same jurisdiction, so we were familiar with all the officials and nuances and whatnot. So I would say it was... Uh, they both were positive experiences, but this one was uh, a little bit better. What are the biggest things that you changed 
as far as your methodology, including maybe even uh, subcontractors from from the first to the second? Like, what is the big lessons that you learned that made it faster, better, and more profitable? So the first one, I you know I tried to force some systems on people, like oh I know better than everybody else, and wasted some money trying to force some of that on on these on some of our subcontractors, and it didn't work. It you know about three quarters of the way, I just gave up. I'm like all right, I'm just going to roll with the punches. And this is how it's done here. And um, things went smoother on that first build. This build we just kind of rolled like we did last time, and it 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 was pretty pretty simple. We used a lot of the same contractors, so most of them we had relationships with and knew how I work and my expectations. Yep. So that was all pretty smooth. Um, the first build I didn't want, you know. It was, the first time I would ever did that, so I didn't want to have people working on top of people, and we just spaced the schedule out a little bit further here. Um, from experience on the first time, we kind of looked back and said, "All right, these three groups can be in the house working on the same time and not be in the way in the way of each other." So let's get them here, and I think that allowed us to cut about two months off the build time. Wow. By instead instead of yeah, I think that's part of our issue right now that we're going through with our project is we have we're trying it's already a tight site, it's an urban infill site. So logistically just getting materials on site is is always a nightmare. It's always a nightmare. Um the, the neighbors to the west hate us. Uh the neighbors to the east tolerate us and then the neighbors to the south love us and then we don't have any to the north, but man, I think I think we that's one of the lessons I would like to I think we're going to take from it as we move forward with our next build, which is probably going to start in December, January is just space things out. And the biggest one I think for, for us was plumbing, like plumbing HVAC is more uh, electrical is way more flexible where they can move stuff around and they can go around people way easier than HVAC. I would say is probably the next one. And then, but plumbing, there's no, you like that, that one has to dictate almost everything. Um, you know, Shit's got to run downhill. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there, man. It's really interesting to like that. That was your um, result was like, oh, if I just spread people out a little bit better, it's sort of counterintuitive. But once you've been through that process, um, it makes sense. So, yes. Yeah, it it worked out. On that. We've never built on a idea. We've always, the community we've been building in is a very tight community. So staging is a nightmare. The next two projects I'm involved in on the build side, it's like the sites are huge. And it's going to be so strange to be like, oh, we actually have room to lay down trusses and we don't have to set them in the street and then carry them onto the site. So it's going to be nice. That is going to be nice. (laughs) That sounds like exactly the next project that we're headed towards uh, building is our last project is nine units on a third of an acre. And this next one's going to be one unit on 10 acres. I'm just like pumped. And I think it's going to be way breezier than that. How about subs? Did you end up, were there any subs that you worked with um, on the first build where you're like, I'm never working with that one again? Or, 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 and if there was, if there wasn't, were there any that were you're like, I just need to, they were good. It was, it was, it was sort of maybe my fault that I did this, this, that, and the other of how I need to work with them a little bit better, sort of give them a second chance. Uh, we're kind of teetering on the edge of both of those. So there's only like two that 
um, I didn't want to come back. And I mean, in one I would have had back, but I just think he's in jail. So I don't think he was allowed to come back. Um, but on the first build, <laughs> we fired our, our cabinet guy when his job was about three quarters of the way done, mm-hmm. just because he wasn't getting what we needed. And he kept um, promising stuff and we never saw it. So we weren't going to work with him again. And in the one we just completed, it was a little bit more of a hodgepodge of cabinets. There's Ikea. There's some custom pieces. There's some pieces bought from Wayfair. There's uh, the kitchens from Italy. So it was, it was that one was unique and challenging, pulling all that together and getting it done in a, in a time frame where then, all right, all the different uh, components are in. Now we can call and get countertops done. Because the countertops were, were came actually from two places, but still had to be measured at the same time. Yeah. Hmm. How did it work out trying to find somebody to substitute once you got once you got rid of that guy? Like, was that an easy pro? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't difficult. I mean, I had other relationships with people. Yeah. So, um, it I, I didn't struggle to find anybody to do stuff on this project. Like, I, like the first project, we put metal on the siding. And um, no one wanted to put, like, metal vertically on a house here. So that took a, that was challenging, but we didn't have that issue here at all on this new one. Because you subsidy you went to a different material? On, on this one, we used stucco and hardy. Yep. So we didn't have any metal siding, so it wasn't. I mean, I would have had, now I have somebody that will do metal vertically, but <laughs> the, uh, the first time around, I was just like running into it, guns blazing, and uh, figuring out, finding people to do stuff as I went. This one was a little more calculated. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, that's our. I think uh, there's several materials that we would never use again in our <laughs> project. Honestly, we're just like the hardy siding. It looks so super cool, but uh, the logistics and us, you know, figuring it out, um, even from a drawing standpoint, like. Once I got to build with our drawings, I'm going, oh, my God, we don't need this detail. We need this detail. <laughs> you and learned so much. Ways, you learned way, I mean, so, so much. And then, and then being down on the ground with the subs and them going, well, Lance, these aren't, you ha- you're, what you're drawing is not a four by eight panel. You're drawing like, this is logistically impossible to do. Did you have, have you made any drawing adjustments and the way you guys do stuff? Yeah, a lot. Um, we always are talking to the subcontractors and kind of looking at what sheets they're using from our sets mm-hmm. and what, what they're not even looking at. And they don't look at a lot. They, they don't look, look at much at all. all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, we always are adjusting, especially even some of it when we've had some different subs, even how different subs interpret or use your drawings, like one framer will use it one way and another framer uses it a different way. So you kind of, it's nice to have a team together so you know, everybody knows expectations and we can help streamline. Yeah, definitely. Did they, do any of your subs like the fact that you could, uh, one of the things they really liked about what we were doing was I could pull up a, I could either, I could do two things. I could do one, I could just call um, somebody from my staff who was who was very familiar with the, with the drawings, and we could FaceTime, 
and I could look at the drawings and they could, we could do real time tests about like moving a beam or stuff like that. And then the other thing they liked is like, sometimes I did have my laptop on site and I could just open it up and show them the model and everything would click for them. Do you guys, do you have, do you, have you had any requests like that or do you just, you know, try to rely purely on the drawings and not that kind of interface? No, I don't, I don't rely on the drawings purely. Um, I always have my, my little surface with me so we can pull stuff up in the field if we need to. But then again, on the other hand, I also work with them and we just figure a lot of stuff out on drywall or a piece of scrap. We'll sketch ideas out and uh, come up with a solution where we do run into, I mean, you know, you, you can't draw everything and you can't predict every little detail. And the ones you don't predict are the ones that are always in question. Yeah, totally. Totally. Did you self-perform any stuff on this one? Um, I picked up trash. <laughs> I, uh, I moved wood around. I, uh, we, we did put some liquid applied uh, waterproofing on. Um, I put a fry raglet um, in. I saw that and, on the yeah, base. Whenever, yeah. How was that experience for you? It looks so good in pictures. Yep. from other projects, but it's so hard to perform and make it look good. I mean, you have so many different independent subs trying to work together to achieve one thing. I mm-hmm. don't know that I'll do that detail again. Seriously? Yeah. And there's other ones I like better that I think are a little more um, simple term is idiot proof. I mean, we're not working with idiots, but you know, it's, it's you're putting less, less on less parties. Did so they? I think that that was it was just too it was, it was more complex of a detail, and if it, it's executed properly, it looks awesome. But the execution is so difficult on that detail. Yeah, I think any kind of honestly any of those kind of reveals, and and the one you're describing right is the negative reveal at the base of a wall, right? Yeah, at the base, um, with a baseboard under it. On the first project, we did the negative reveal at the base, going right to the floor, mm-hmm. and that that one looks awesome, and that's a lot more simple to apply. Obviously, you're taking your sheetrock lower, so there's some concerns there with durability, but it's a cleaner, easier to achieve look. Yeah. Did they? Okay, that's interesting. Did they? Uh, what was the what, what was the logistical problem of it? Was it just because it was such it was so new to the subs you were working with, or was it because it, it's the tolerance is so difficult? The tolerance is very difficult. So you, yeah. you know. That nobody wanted to put the regular on, so we did, and we leveled it. And you know, your banking on the floor is going to be a hundred percent. The slab's going to be a hundred percent level mm-hmm. for yours, and then you're banking that when the sheetrock guy goes and muds it in, he doesn't shift it at all. And then you also need the wood framing to be nice and level to put your baseboard to, because when just a little bit of out of plumb on that, on even on your Base plate kicks that base molding out a little bit, and then you see some waving in that nice, smooth detail. So we've spent a lot of time adjusting and fixing some areas that turn out that are really eye-catching. And I think it was, it's just time wasted. Time wasted. Not even not worth a look, huh? Not worth a look, in my opinion. Yeah. And here we just. I mean, if we had more people that did it here and could really perform it, but we're flying into it with all our subs. Like, I don't know what this is. We never have done this before. 
Yeah. And yeah, we can only take so much of that on a project. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> I don't know how to Yeah, like our experience <clears throat> our similar experience was these we have these we have negative reveals on our uh Hardy Party panel siding. And it was a once once I once I showed the guys we wor- we worked through one of the systems, it was pretty easy, but I could tell that the subs were very unhappy with how long it took them. And oh, yeah. so we we sort of, we sort of got a deal on the siding. Um, we locked out on that one. That was probably one of the few things we got a deal on in this project for the, from the labor standpoint. But what it ended up translating to is like, okay, so now I mean, the siding took just way too long. And we ended up paying for it with just like uh, equipment rentals, you know, just mm-hmm. so they could get up and put the stuff on. So it was a nightmare. Um, and then, so something you guys wouldn't do again. No, I would do it the other way. I would do it. Uh, I would put on the panels, and then I would put like positive reveals on. If that makes sense, um, it's just way easier. Like trying to yeah. the, the tolerance of the tolerance of the of metal, and I don't care if it's fiber, cement, or drywall going together is insane. It's I don't know how. I don't know I, what other. I don't know. The only compliment we got was, I mean, it looks really cool. But the one of somebody was saying online is that they were like, well, I guess you got the metal look without having to do shop drawings for the metal panels. I mean, that would have just blown the roof off of the whole thing as far as cost goes. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a shady comment. <laughs> that it looks like me. Yeah, it is kind of a shady comment. Like, like forget you. You don't even know the budget. So <laughs> it's not that we didn't want to do it. Maybe we couldn't, it wasn't in the budget to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about this? Here's one thing I was thinking of doing for our project, and I don't know if you how you feel about it, but like, what do you think about sending a survey back to? Um, did you, have you ever thought about doing that to people you build for? How did the build process go? What could we have done? Oh, we actually for? we actually had that conversation uh, this week. Oh, um, seriously? Yeah, I try to always have those conversations um, with my clients. Post, what could we have done better? Um, what do you think? You know. It's not. It's not so much. I don't want. I don't want like. Oh, it was awesome because that doesn't help me at all. It doesn't at all. Um, yeah. I want. I want you to tell me where you felt wanting. And um, this client, they didn't really feel. They didn't. It, I don't think. I think they had a pretty good experience, except right towards the end. And I'll tell you that in a minute. <laughs> but during this project, we were starting to bid another house, and you know, I'm not very good at delegation. And I, it's not even that. I just don't have all the people I need in place right now to perform all the tasks of a design build project because I can't. I can. I mean, I can manage one at a time, but multiple is not possible. And um, we actually lost the opportunity to build that project. We designed it, mm-hmm. but we didn't build it. And the my client came back with feedback, and he's like, "I don't know how you're going to take this." I was like, "I appreciate it so much." He's like, and I'm like, and I've already identified some of the some of your concerns, and we're working to rectify it. And I apologize that they weren't in place when we started on with you, because I think your experience would have been better. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think he thought he thought something that I might take negative. I actually took very positively, and uh, it's I think helping to better shape how we move forward. So speaking of moving forward, then uh, you and I were you and I now were talking on a separate chat about what you would do next. Like I was asked, well, when's your next build going to start? I've already kind of mentioned when ours is going to start. Um, 
how do you now you've done you got two under your belt so architect is builder how would mm-hmm. you how do you feel moving ahead i mean like one a year one a quarter and I, I you just kind of mentioned you know that you could only you can only do so much you're only you know <laughs> one guy what what's what's in the future for you builder wise so we're we're in the place uh in a position where we're building a team right now to do a full service type project. And we have that project under contract right now where we're going to do the architecture, the interior design, the selections, the build, the pricing, the staging or move in, uh, any furniture procurement. And we're working on putting all those people that we need to do that in place. But what we've quickly realized, and I, I don't know what percentage of F9's work is residential, but over the last two years, 90% of my residential clients have a friend, have a aunt, have a cousin who's an interior designer, which means I end up getting to be the interior designer and not being paid for it, mm. which is just horrible because you know you, you have these people that just flake out or make all these horrible selections because they watch HGTV and think they can do it. And um, it just falls apart. And so we've kind of put together some documents that up front where we'll do everything for you. But if you cross it out and you don't, you don't want us to do it, we understand that that's going to, you understand that our price is going to go down by doing that for you, but somebody's still got to provide that information and it's not going to be us. And we just we just want to make that really clear from the get go with all our clients moving forward. Because um, I don't, I mean, I'm leaving. I was, you know, you step back and look at it. You see how much money you're leaving on the table by, you know, doing this stuff for free. And it's, you know, your clients. I think they don't know they got you, but they have you because you're so married to the design as the architect and the builder that you just want it to be right. Because you know. You don't want to put out an ugly duckling. So are you okay? So then, yeah. And full service allows you to. I mean, you're not leaving extra money on the table, right? I mean, interior design is that's a lot of work. Just all these it, pictures. It's, it's a ton of work, and to not charge for it's ridiculous. It's totally and, ridiculous. Um, I, it's not saying I'm not saying like I'm a better interior designer than uh, the designers in our region. There's a lot that I quite respect, but I don't get to work with them very often. So. Um, you know, at times it's like, oh, fine, go hire them. But you got to hire somebody. You can't just phone that in. It's such an important and time-consuming part of the project. Yeah. So that would be in addition to, um, obviously. Yeah, we have a, like, we, 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 so when we do full service, we have a flat fee percentage-based service. Mm-hmm. So it's X percent of your total construction contract. I love that. Yeah, I would like to do that too. I don't know if we'll do it for this next build, but maybe we will get to your level and we do it you know, on, the, on the third one. Is, your Alex, next build, is that a residential or is that a commercial? Residential? Yeah, so to answer, yeah, to answer that question, I would say at this point, boy, we're, I don't know. I, I, one of the things I really want to do is I want to actually break it down and see where we're at so I can tell people that, you know, what's real about our percentage wise. I would say it's somewhere between 75 and 25% at this point, 75 residential, 25% commercial. We've been doing a lot. It's a lot of like 10 finishes, a ton of them lately. 
Uh, the CBD market down here is like exploding. So people are doing all of these <laughs> CBD extraction facilities and they pay really well. And they're quick, they're easy and all that. But yeah, our next build will be a, a hybrid actually. So it's a, okay. it's a barn slash apartment. And so it's on a uh, farm, 10 acre farm there. They just grew hemp. Um, one of the, one of our, one, we have a, with a former employee of ours, he's a young guy. He was, uh, he's a hemp farmer. And then the dad, <laughs> the dad's paying the bills. And then we hired the the other son who's been doing a bunch of construction for us. So, um, but that'll be it's the project. Like family, yeah. It's a family type. Totally fam. Yep. Yep. But it's cool. It's a, you know, in true F9 fashion, shed roofs, a couple shed roofs, uh, modern looking. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm just excited that it's 10 acres and we'll do it that way. Yeah. But as far as it, that, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> oh man. I mean, no neighbors are going to yell at me. The yeah. neighbors on this project, though, our current project, has just been brutal. Like, we have the parapet caps going on now this week and the gutters, and it's a tall building. It's basically four stories, and there are two of them, and they're like, well, can we get on – can we use that driveway of the neighbors? And I told them, look, there's this one guy who has literally tried to fight us a few times. He complains about everybody. Like, do it at your own risk. Make sure you're wearing harnesses. They've, they've threatened to call OSHA. Yeah, so 10 acres where nobody's around. Can't wait, dude. It's going to be a breeze. Piece of cake. Piece so, of cake. Bad, so bad neighbors, you know, we kind of talked about our, getting our CO and the final struggle for that. Oh, yeah. How was that? So I'll tell you that a bit. So our our final CO inspection-wise went smooth. Like any comment they had, we had fixed in an hour. We're going through. We got building done. We got public works done. And then the tree guy came out. <laughs> and uh, Tree guy? Yeah, so the jurisdiction we were working in, very passionate about their trees. So you have to, obviously, any tree you have to take, you take down, you have to mitigate for and plant new trees. You have to have one deciduous tree in your front yard. So even if there was never a tree there, uh, to begin with, you have to plant one. <laughs> and it has to be like four or five-inch caliper tree. Mm-hmm. Um so early on in the project, we had these three beautiful palm trees in the back of the yard. And um, I measured them when I measured wrong. And it turned out that they were ended up being right smack dab in the middle of our rear foundation wall. So when we started excavating is when we realized that. And we quickly got mobilized and moved, moved two of the palms. We took one down because we found out it wasn't in that great a shape. And we moved to two of the palms to the corner of the property. <laughs> and then fast forward seven months and, you know, I kind of went to the back of my mind and we're building a fence to enclose the pool. And I look and those two palms are not on our property. We moved oh, no. two feet too far. And it turned out somebody had moved a stake on us because the stake we used, the survey stake we used was still in the ground um, that we went off of. and. So it was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And the lot that we moved them onto is for sale. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're in the rear setback. It's no big deal. It's, I mean, who cares? They're, I mean, they're well-cared-for palms. We watered them. We make, I mean, they've been there for a year. Um, and so I got a hold of the owner of the property. He's like, yeah, yeah, I love, I love trees. We're going to – we'll sign a letter. And he came out to sign a letter, and he's like, He's looking at our fence we built. He's, he says, you know, I think that's on my property. 
<laughs> and he wouldn't sign the letter until we went through this long exercise of showing our work and showing that the fence is not on the property, which included me being escorted off his property because I couldn't get a hold of him and I went to him and his wife did not care for me. Oh she, my lord. She she walked me off their property and locked the gate behind me. <laughs> and I was just trying to trying to be a reasonable person and it really boiled down to that my clients and them I found out don't like each other. And mm. it is all because they don't like each other that this went on and on and on for thirty days. And then finally at the last minute we got it. We ended up 30 days ago, we actually got a temporary CO so my client could move in. And on the last day of that temporary CO was active, he signed the letter, and we got their final CO uh, Wednesday. Just because so, of trees. Yeah, so I had 15% of the construction loan was sitting in the bank, and they wouldn't release it because I didn't have a final CO. And, uh, you know, for 30 days, I'm like, I kept telling the property owner is like, I know you don't like them, and I know you think this is hurting my client, but the only people you're hurting is me and my subs that are waiting to get paid. Wow, that is a lot of pressure. So, yeah, how many? Subs? So, so look out for that with with uh, neighbors you don't like during final COs. Yeah, totally. Be, oh my God, it double check <laughs> where you're where you're putting trees. Holy cow! Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. We have been reassured by, uh, we, we've developed, I think that, you know, one thing is you talked about is like developing these relationships with all of the building officials and the planning officials and everybody who's going to be out taking a look at all the inspectors, um, taking a look at everything. Super paramount. I think you, I don't, I don't think you need to butter them up. I just think you need to, I think you need to be on point. You need to be professional. If they ask you to, uh, do something that is reasonable, like, Make sure there's no dirt on the sidewalks going down the gutters and ruining the stormwater uh, system and everything. Do it right away. That's one of the things we picked up was this is this guy we work with almost every day. His name is Bob. He's in charge of public works, and we've got him on speed dial now. And, you know, <laughs> he goes, he came out to the site, I don't know, during the summer. And he's like, hey, make sure you get some socks in this um in in this gutter so we don't have any problems and everything and, you know, re, re scuff up your your trackpad and stuff. And I jumped on it like that, like within the hour. And he came back later that day and he's like, Oh, awesome. Well, th wow. Thanks for doing that so quickly. Nobody else does that. And then we've just been like that the whole time. So whenever now, when we give him a, when we need to give him a call, like Alex has been to turn on water, he's responsive. And the other thing it sets you up for is at least in our case is we've asked him about our landscaping and we're like, Hey, you know that we're not going to have landscaping completely done. And but we're still going to be able to basically have a few of these units ready for CO before that all happens. He goes, don't worry about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you to that. You know, I know you're working on it and everything. Um, so we're hoping to avoid something like that. But then the tricky part is right. What if somebody else from some other department is like, Nope, because of this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it'll be somebody else or it'll be a neighbor that'll, that'll do that. <laughs> But I mean, was, I mean, the same thing started, like when I started this new build, I didn't know that they had a new inspector that I didn't know. And he failed me on everything. Even, I mean, it was a little niche things. Like, like three times, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I failed so many inspections, but by the end we developed a relationship and 
there was one thing that we on the final inspection that he even missed, but he he want he ended up going back and checking for. It. And he called me. He's like, Nick, I need you to put a couple bolts in here and here. I was like, Oh God! So you want to come back and look at it tomorrow? He's like, No, just put them in and take a picture and send it to me. I'm like, All right, there we go. That's that's a little bit better. So he it was just the level of trust that he had in me and not knowing me and um, not knowing how we operate that had to get built up. Yeah. Yeah. It does, it, and it didn't hurt that any time I was at a bakery, I bought a dozen donuts and dropped them off at the building department. <laughs> you do got to butter them up a little bit in that way. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it's yeah. bad. Yeah. You know, be nice. I mean, don't be a jerk. The, the donuts aren't for one person. They're for everybody. And if, hopefully everybody enjoys them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. God, there's some other contractors I've talked to. I don't, I'm not saying anybody should ever do this, but I have talked to other contractors uh, that like way back in the day, they're like, oh yeah, sometimes I would just leave a hundred in the drawings <laughs> and, they would, and they would find it. And I'm like, that is, you're in trouble if you got caught doing something like that. That was um, a different time. That is a different time and a place for sure. When you could just build with napkin sketches at that point. Yeah. So, uh, cool, man. But are, so, like, in hindsight, look, looking back at this last project, then are you are you happy with it? I mean, I know you were working like a dog. Is it is it good to cool down now? What are you doing to What are you doing to relax? What am I? I'm actually uh, so our most complex project that house we've ever done is just they just started priming the drywall this week. Um, so we're going there, or I'm going there next to help, um, manage that project with the builder. There's just so many decisions that need to be made on the fly as far as design goes, because there's, it's a remodel. It's on top of a dune. It's got an 18 foot retaining wall out front. Um, it's an addition and just all the, it's, it's just it's so incredibly complex and, um, the design, I mean, the design isn't overly complex. It's just all these pieces coming together and in a modern fashion has so many people scratching their heads. So that builder's actually brought us back to, um, almost be a superintendent a little bit, but somebody that can be out there and make is conscious of the design and can make right decisions on the fly so we can keep people working. Um, cause this is, when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be about a two-year build. Oh, my God. Which is crazy for a house, but it's... That is great. And, and like we've dealt with, there's no place to stage. I mean, we're having to carry material up uh, 20 feet of dune to where the house is because we can't get trucks up there yet uh, reliably. So it's just... Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be so cool when it's done. And... uh if you follow along on Instagram or Facebook, it's the Wonderland project. But um, so we're going to go there, and then we're in the process of designing a, a new house right now that I'll will be part of the build team on. Tell me, uh, th- tell everybody where they can follow that project at. Like, what's your address for Instagram, Facebook? So it's Dig Architecture on Instagram. D I G D I G. Yep, you got D-I-G. it. Not not B not B I G D I G. Not not the notorious BIG, but the notorious yeah, you'll, I mean, you'll see You'll see cool architecture if you go to BIG, but you just won't see mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Do you? Here's one thing that Alex and I have been doing lately that has been winning us quite a bit of contracts is people love when we tell them that we're also builders, especially if they're local and they're within our 30-minute radius of where we will build. And you know, when we tell them like, hey, by the way, you know, if if everything works out with our architecture relationship, we we would possibly be interested in being your builder. Um, you know, we think it's there's always got to be a really good fit. It's a longer marriage at that point. Do you, have you been using that at all for a selling point, or is it just sort of or, or maybe not even uh, telling people after you've had that meeting with them, but they come to you because you are now a builder, architect. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more people coming to us because of that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we throw that down real quick um, in meetings. Like, we, we know construction. We know what things cost. Um, in our market, it's weird. Um, not everybody goes to the architect first. And I would say more people go find their builder first, which doesn't make any damn sense, but they do. But I think that, Nick, I think that's a lot of markets. I don't know if that's yours. Yeah. You have to put some people on the country. It does vary, but it is common. And it doesn't, well, it, no, it just doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> so I don't think it does either. Yeah. We, yeah. We throw it down pretty quick. And um, we also run into the one of our projects right now. Um, we've taken over for, an architect that got fired, they were uh, they were doing this project and they knew the budget and they missed it by a million dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like there's so many architects that have no clue of what things cost, and it's a shame because you're just designing stuff that's never going to make it past paper at that point, and souring people's opinions of architects and. Totally. Just not doing the industry any good. Everybody should know what things cost. What would you tell somebody if they're uh, you? You kind of fell into your first project, didn't you? I mean, it wasn't really planned. It was just sort of right, wasn't it? Sort of a good, happy. Not, I wouldn't say accident. I, I got pushed in the deep end and found out how to swim. Yeah, so, that's how it was. Yeah, it was completely an accident. And so, uh, but but if people are listening, so there there that's one way of doing it. I think. Um, if people are listening and they the people that are listening who want to uh jump into this and and try to get their feet wet one of the last episodes Alex and I said just do a house do a house so do something small first don't get yeah. crazy like us because uh, <laughs> i think especially if you're a sole proprietor I, the only way this project happened with Alex and I is because i have Alex uh and Alex has me and this and we have a really amazing staff a bigger a much bigger staff you know than a lot of other sole proprietors who listen to this well, how, what is your advice for somebody if they want to yeah. take the leap and start building? How do you, what is the best, if you if you could just, this is the perfect way to do it, even though we know life is not perfect. The perfect way to do it in my mind would be like um, a nice 1,800 square foot freestanding home. Um, I wouldn't start with additions because additions are crazy animals and all of them themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're hard, additions are hard projects. Um, so if you can have something clean and small that you can wrap, you know, not overly complex, not overly avant-garde or anything like that. Something that is of your region that your subs can adequately perform to. I think that's the best case scenario on a big site, like an, an 1800 square foot, home, square foot home on like a two acre site. Oh, that would be, that's, that, that'd be heaven. What a dream. What a dream. Jeez, I'm just sitting here. Just, I'm sad. I, I go to Mexico in three weeks, and I don't know. that, that you're, What you just described sounds better than Mexico. 
to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we actually could have potentially had an opportunity to do a big oceanfront home, and that scared that scared me so much because those projects are so complex. Yeah. So we didn't really pursue it. Just um, I think we're going to be involved as part of the build team, but we're not going to be the lead. Yeah. Which, uh, which is good. Very cool. When you walk onto job sites now, um, and they're now that and there's other before, country. Before, yeah, before you go for it, I don't walk on the job sites. I strut on the job sites. <laughs> <laughs> when you strut onto the job sites now, because you've 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 uh, you've you've done two home, you've done two big builds. Um, the last one was that awesome, like you described. I mean, it's not only is it beautiful, but like all these little details and everything. Do you feel like you have a better handle on being able to suggest things to the contractor, to the general contractor? Like, are you finding yourself like, uh, I'm telling you, this is the better way to do it, guy. Um, and not from an architect standpoint, from a, I'm also a builder. And then does he maybe, he or she maybe trust you because they're like, oh yeah, we know you build too. So Yeah, it depends on my relationship with that builder. Mm-hmm. Um, some I wouldn't breach that, that, that wall with others. <laughs> Um, it's very much welcomed. Nice, nice. Uh, but any last parting words? Any good advice for everybody uh, beyond what we've talked about, Nick, today um, that you would like to leave for everybody? I'm putting you on the spot. I know you are, and um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I miss Al already. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, he he goes uh, he goes on these little excursions and he just stops texting and he you know you know well in how much he texts and how good he is on communication on that side so good so, so, so good. not getting those, those that constant flow i almost get worried and um um i'm glad you know where he's at because that makes me that I, i'll be able to sleep yeah uh, I'll, I'll i'll give the advice okay i'll I second think the, it before you okay. give it okay i think the advice the advice i give is uh if you, um, there, there's so many benefits to just taking the leap, diving in the pool, or hopefully finding that ideal project to start off and, and do the design build process. Um, I think you should do it. If you're an architect listening, you got to try it at least once in your life. If, uh, not, I mean, if, if you don't make money, fine. At least you're going to, at least you will set yourself up for, I've done it. I know the process inside and out, how it works. Um, I, then you can strut onto a job site. And, but if it does, if it does end up successful, one of the things I really like about it is uh, what I've been using um, my license for is a, I have a class B license. So it's a, it's a commercial level one. If you can get one of those babies and you can get a good relationship going with your subs, man, there's a lot of little tenant finishes now that I'm just charging a flat fee for in town. And the architect, uh, that fee has been bigger than the architecture fee and the engineering uh-huh. fee. Because if you're doing like a one to 2000 square foot little TI, I mean, you're not going to charge much. It's just that's how it's going to work. But the contracting side of thing makes up for it. I think it establishes, reinforces that relationship with the building department, with your clients, and sets you up for success in the future with just repeats. And it's quick cash. I mean, that's everything for an architect or you know, a builder is like getting that cash flow and keeping it going so you can keep moving ahead. Yeah, I love cash. We got lots of it now. I got to get rid of some of it. <laughs> <laughs> The end of the year yeah. is getting here, and it's like, oh, God, I can't have this much. I can't have this much in my account at the end of the year. Um, I know. And I agree with you on your advice, Lance. 
And yeah, find that good project. Go listen to Jocko. Get yourself all fired up. Slap, you know, punch a wall, and then just run through that wall and go right at that project. Heck yeah! And don't look, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Just forward one day, every every day. Step forward. No steps. You know, take a step back. Okay, take two steps forward, and that's all you can do. Uh, you're just gonna make a better architect if you really want to be the best architect you could be. Gosh, you got You got to get your hands dirty at some point and get out there and do some stuff. Plus, I mean, so. it's fun. It's fun playing with tools. It is fun playing with tools. It's fun hanging uh, out with stubs too. Yeah, I haven't gone to the extent that you got. You've gone to. I don't. I haven't ridden tractors or done quite as much work on site as you guys do. I'm kind of envious. I might have to figure out a way to do that. Yeah, we have hung, and our project. Oh my gosh, we have self-performed so many things. Every single like I think of one of the last episodes we mentioned how many, almost every single part of the process we have touched at least a little self-performance on it. I mean, the biggest reason is because we just didn't have the cash to do it. We just had to get this done. Like one of our bankers said, we we're going to uh, get our commercial space uh, purchased through. Like we're sort of selling it back to the bank. Uh-huh. Is he's, he's like, he looked at our numbers. He's like, you guys pulled off a miracle. <laughs> and I was like, if I was your banker and I gave you the construction loan, well, he goes, first of all, I would not have given you the construction loan. I would have told you not to do this project. So don't be envious of us because we're <laughs> self-performing. I think today is my 48th day in a row working, minus that one day I was sick. And then I have uh, it's November 1st. We've got 20 more to go. So it'll be about 66, 67, 68 days in a row yeah. before I take a break. It's brutal. I'm, I've been back in the office quite a bit lately. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't even know what to do with myself at the moment. <sighs> right? I can, draw, I can draw all day now. Instead Good of for you. Chase, chase somebody down or go buy somebody some screws or this or that. Yeah. Whatever I was, yeah. was doing out there for three months. Yeah. Rock and roll. Well, it was awesome to have you on, buddy. This is uh, yeah, good. I'm, the best. I'm happy to fill. In. I'm happy to fill in for Al. Yeah. Well, your voice is a little bit more golden than his anyway. You know, you've got that radio <laughs> voice. He's got that. He's got that radio face. I don't know. It'll all work out. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for having me, Lance. Yeah, you keep you keep doing what you're doing down there in Florida, and we'll keep doing what we do up here. And uh, hopefully, Al figures this out of where we're going to have the best friends party. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, all right, you got right, toodles Lance. for us. Toodles.